Hey, what's up, podcast? It's Jeff. Just want to jump in here. This is a special bonus episode of Teach Better Talk. This is actually going to be a the audio uh, recording from a Facebook Live that our team is doing every single day, Monday through Friday um, at 8 a.m. Eastern Time in our Facebook private group. You can get in that group at teachbettergroup.com or uh, go on to Facebook and just search Teach Better Team. You'll see our page and then you'll see the group get in there. So here we go, a special bonus episode of Teach Better Talk pulled from one of our Facebook Live videos in our private group at teachbettergroup.com. Hope you enjoy. Whether you're listening on the podcast or dropping in live, we are happy to have you here today. Um, I'm happy to have Chris here. We've been talking back and forth for a while now, but he's an amazing educator. He works with leadership and education in Illinois, um, and he works for the ROE. Which number is it, Chris? Uh, number four. We're out of Boone, Winnebago County. We also serve uh, McHenry County. All right. Fantastic. So um, tell everyone a little bit about yourself, kind of what you do, um, and then we can kind of go from there. Yeah, my name is Chris Collins, and uh, I've been in education for, what, 27, 28 years now, and uh, started as a middle school teacher, and uh, you know, that, was all, that was a lot of fun, but uh, I loved it so much, I became a middle school administrator. I was a principal for about 18 years, and uh, after doing um, the principalship, I went into central office. I was a central office administrator, assistant superintendent for curriculum instruction for three years, and then for this past year, I worked with the regional office of education in uh as an assistant director for school improvement. And uh, what really is cool about the, the job that I have now is I get to work with so many teachers and so many uh, staff and so many different districts that uh, in their uh, school improvement, uh, in their school improvement structures and uh, building those foundations so uh, schools can see success. And it's, it's been, uh, it's, it's probably been best job yet, so. That's awesome. That's fantastic. I love the, the the growth of your impact over the years, right? From, you know, a principal to superintendent to, to now you get to work with multiple leaders. That's absolutely fantastic. I just want to give a shout out right now. We have people joining us. We have uh, Brian Fennell, Alex Valensics walking his dog, but still enjoying our live broadcast. That's awesome. The one and only Dave Schminow is watching. Dave, how are you doing? Um, Mike Skapanik is here. Joe Gonzalez. Everyone's joining us this morning. I think they might have just heard you were coming, Chris. They got excited <laughs> and they just wanted to, 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 to hop in. So um, just through all the stuff, I know we've talked a couple of times just to let everybody know, um, through all of this COVID-19 crisis, through all of this, like everything being locked down, how are you holding up? Uh, everything going okay at home? Is family okay? Things like that. How are you doing? Family's great. Um, they're starting to go stir crazy. Uh, my wife and I were just recently married, so we're kind of blended two families together. So we have all these. Oh, teams. congratulations! And yeah, this is this has been uh, it's an interesting, uh, interesting role. But you have all these high school, middle school kids that have been uh, have been off of school for so long and figuring out how to do the digital online learning, and and uh, that's been going well. Um, but it's uh, it's been interesting to see how many different um, avenues the kids have to navigate during this time. One teacher yeah. will use this tool, another teacher will this tool. And so the kids are coming together going, so how do we do this and how do we do that? So it's been interesting. Yeah, absolutely. Hari Pacharu, great to see you. 
Um, we have they, we're, we're going international right now a little bit. That's awesome. Um, so um, yeah, so this has been a crazy transition for a lot of people, I think, and I think um, a lot of people are just adjusting. I was talking to a principal in in Michigan. And he said one of the hardest things he's having to deal with right now is that there was no information when this first happened. So the students basically left. Some of them left. I know Illinois, I know Ohio had their spring breaks kind of scheduled when this happened. So a lot of schools were like, okay, we have a week to figure this out. Mm -hmm. But then like, it was like crickets, like there was no new information. Mm -hmm. And so um, this principal uh, had told me, Hey, um, like the hardest thing I have to do right now is rope my kids back in because they think it's summer. Yeah. Like they literally just like nothing happened. We didn't have any information. We couldn't, we couldn't um, keep anything um, kind of going. And so it was just one of those things where uh, like all these kids now think that spring break extended into summer break and that the year's over. And mm -hmm. Now they have to figure out a way to kind of reconnect, reestablish these relationships, reestablish these expectations from afar, which is yeah. so, so, so difficult. Um, so um, I, a lot of people are kind of dealing with that. So you get to talk to a lot of different schools, a lot of different leaderships. Mm -hmm. um, what are you hearing from that thousand foot view are the biggest issues in your area? I think uh, one of the biggest issues, I think uh, the, the principal that you talked to really hit a lot of things uh, nail on the head. There were some in Illinois, we had some overlap with spring break. We had some districts that went out before and there was very little guidance. I know the state really worked hard at trying to provide as much guidance as possible, but this sure. is territory. And uh, for everyone, yeah. Exactly. And we had talked before about, you know, um, you know, Maslow before Blooms or Maslow before Webb. And, and yeah. as educators, we're always looking to try to do what's best for our students. And it was really, I think it was the transition going back to the basic needs and our students fed. Are, are those basic needs going to be met when so many students and so many uh, communities depend on the school for so many different resources? And uh, some of the superintendents did a really good job of, uh, of getting out early and getting um, getting out uh, the information and kind of taking leadership and then actually uh, started providing help and support to the state and providing that guidance. And uh, our state was pretty good. Um, they really did get out information pretty quickly. Um, again, everybody wants more information, but it's, it's getting out the essential information. And, you know, we're talking about, uh, you know, the, the Maslow before blooms concept of, you know, it started to expose a lot of, a lot of, areas that had either one-to-one -one or didn't have one-to-one -one, or students that had um connectivity you know you know connectivity issues and kids that you know had high-speed internet in their homes and so some yeah. of that uh issues had to be addressed yeah absolutely i think something you hit on there from a leadership standpoint um that was really really important i think we're seeing the difference in leadership and I'm not saying good or bad or other, right? I'm not judging anyone because we're all, like you said, in new waters. But I think there was a clear difference on schools that are, for lack of a better term, thriving even in these uncertain times and those that are still kind of floundering and figuring it out. And I think what that comes down to is being okay with making decisions without having all the information. So I think you have some leaders that went, 
We don't have the information, but we are going to take the ownership and the initiative to do what we know is best for our kids and put Mm -hmm. X, Y, and Z in place. Now you have these other people that said, we're going to wait. We're going to hold on. We're going to hold back and wait till we have more information. And then that information just trickles in really, really slowly. And those are the people I think who are struggling the most right now because they're waiting on information that no one has versus being proactive and putting things in place that you can later adapt if you need to. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think you made an amazing point there that I want to just highlight for anyone listening or anyone watching um, that those who were proactive, I think, are are benefiting from that. Those who were like put things in place – and I know we have a lot of people like kind of listening in and watching right now, depending on the district you're in, you could be feeling really good about things being in place or you could still have no clue what is, what is going on. Um, so I'm definitely making those connections. I love the Maslow's before blooms. Um, another thing I think is really important is communication during this time. Yes. And a lot of administrators I talk to, and I'd love to get your thoughts on this. A lot of administrators I talk to are waiting till they have information to share information. And something I'm kind of coaching and supporting them on is telling them you don't have any new information is just as important as telling them you do have new information. Because then you have a lot of people wasting a lot of time waiting to, to, to act and waiting to do things. Have you seen a lot of that or what are your thoughts on that? You know, what I've heard from people is that actually, you know, in terms of crisis, what do we find? Uh, even worldwide, uh, people are so quick to help and they want to jump in and they want to provide, you know, support. And then you have um, an overabundance of supplies and the logistical aspects of um, using that help and support. Uh, what I've heard um, is happening is some, you know, there's almost too much information sometimes and yeah. to prioritize that information. The school districts that are doing the best have a centralized um, communication system that uh, they know their protocols. And it's very, very clear who the message, who the message sender is and what that message is. So they manage the message because again, what do we know about us as people? If, if the lack of information, we tend to assume or we tend to, sure. Yeah. And, and so uh, this time has been challenging because with the lack of information, we assume uh, with too much information, we don't know which message is true. So the districts that have really clear structures and protocols are really better off because their message is very, very clear. Um, and it's getting out the information that the district or the school or the principal uh, needs to get out. And that's I think that puts us uh, principals and leadership um, in a really interesting position because we all knew that before, but because of proximity, we were able sure. to catch that message back or something or really kind of control it. But with everybody at home, it's hard to make those one-to-one connections uh, to make sure that they understand what that message meant. Absolutely. I love how you say things. They just sound really smart. Like better than I could say them. Um, so Joe, <laughs> I want to say good morning to Joe Gonzalez. He said hello uh, to both of us. I uh, hope you're having a great morning, Joe. Um, so something you said there that I think applies to leaders, but I think also applies to teachers and schools cohesively, right? And I think yes. a lot of times we think the district has to talk to the parents and the stakeholders 
the school has to talk to the parents and stakeholders Teacher. and the classroom has to yeah. talk to the parents and stakeholders. Mm -hmm. But there's not necessarily communication vertically between mm -hmm. all three of these of these levels, right? So That's now right. as a parent, you're getting a newsletter, a Twitter post, uh, mm -hmm. a post on Schoolology uh, or yes. Google Classroom and 47 yeah. different things. And like you said, you're getting tons of resources and, and tons of stuff thrown at you. Yes. And eventually you shut down and go, okay, I'm just going to just leave it all here and, and not right. worry about it, right? Mm -hmm. However, if you cohesively put something in place and go, this is a single source where you go for every single piece of communication. Now, Chris yes. joined us. You joined us here on our masterminds, um, which mm -hmm. I think was really successful. We talked to about you know, 30, 30 administrators from across the country just to kind of put our heads together. And one of the things that came up was that um, you don't want to overwhelm people with like 40 different avenues of communication. And so a lot of schools and districts are thinking about there's a single point of communication, whether that's at the building level or the district level, and that single point of communication is where all the information is funneled through. Yes. So that way, no one gets overwhelmed, no one gets confused, and maybe it's like a Monday uh, like news brief kind of yeah. thing, right? So every Monday, we're going to update this single avenue for communication, and through this avenue... You're going to get to your class assignments. You're going to get to your school uh, announcements, and you're going to get to your district announcements. Mm -hmm. Because then you're not overwhelming like yeah. the entire community that you're trying to serve. Because if you create a Facebook feed, right, of mm -hmm. information, they're going to just keep scrolling because there's four thousand things to look at. Um, so I think that's great. I think you put it beautifully, and I think that's something that every single teacher. Um, administrator and leader has to think through right now. And um, especially the teachers, if mm -hmm. you, um, and I'd love to hear your thoughts on this or ideas, but like for me, if you're a team, like a sixth grade middle school or a 10th grade high school team, and yes. you're sending eight different versions of a weekly assignment, like mm -hmm. I don't know how well that's going to go over. You're going to overwhelm a lot of people. And um, your return on that stuff going to be very good. But if you put a single, this is what you have to do for this mm -hmm. grade level this week, you know, um, it, it becomes a lot easier. Um, so um, I think something I'd like to kind of tease out a bit more is sure. ways to streamline communication and keep mm -hmm. it simple so it's easy to use. I think a lot with uh, communication, you talked about it just a few minutes ago about the different levels. Uh, you have the district office, which is strategic. Um, and then you have the uh, the building administration. That's a very tactical level. And then you have the teacher, which is very operational. Every one of those layers have a different purpose. Um, they, they serve a different, uh, they communicate in different ways and different messages. And so... I think districts have to be mindful of what is the purpose and, and teachers even, you know, what is the purpose for a strategic communication? What is that message? What is the purpose for that tactical or that, that principal level? Because that principal is going to communicate different messages than our different purpose for than what a district would. And then a teacher or the team, their purpose is also, um, their purpose is also very different than what a superintendent would want to communicate. So I think the districts that are going to be most successful and the schools are going to be most successful in making sure that that parent or that student understand what's going on is what is the purpose behind each of the three levels of the communication 
And uh, what is the essential message? A quick bullet point. Um, a, a big thing that I see, um, and this happens all the time, is when we send emails, you got to keep it brief and to the point because we tend to want to discuss the why behind a lot of things. <laughs> yeah, the most important thing is three paragraphs in. Yeah. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, just attention span and what, what are they saying technology wise? You know, when you're giving a message technology wise, the video should be shorter than a couple minutes. Yeah. Um, and it's you got to be very clear about what your message is and what is the purpose behind it. And um, it just makes sure that the per it's it's very, very clear. And it's, it's I know we all want to build relationship and we want to you know, we want to have that. But during this time, you have to really kind of be um, you have to be really, really conscientious about uh, what are we sending and why we're sending it. And there there it is. And if there's questions, they can. Where's that two way communication back and being available if someone has a question? Yeah, absolutely. I want to welcome Adam Kados and Brian Fennell said it was a great point with those three levels of communication. Uh, I think you very eloquently kind of laid those things out. That's beautiful. Well done, sir. Um, <laughs> um, I think uh, another point I loved about that is like, think about the importance of the message or the information you are sending and if it actually needs to be sent. Because um, something I've heard again and again is that administrators, teachers, and even parents and students every piece of information they now get is a to-do on their list. Yes. Like you can no longer just kind of knock something out by having a quick five minute hallway conversation. You can right. no longer knock something out by, Hey, um, staff meeting, everybody don't, you know, do X, Y, Z. Mm -hmm. Okay. Everyone mm -hmm. good. Cool. Moving on. Um, mm -hmm. Now that's an email. That's a, uh, a, 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 text message that's a like those are all things that you have to actively do something with and so um making sure that your your communication is clear and concise so that you don't go insane is super important because a lot of people are overloading and they're working 12 or 14 hour days because they're not turning it off um because they're just constantly kind of re replying so I think um, something you alluded to, and I think we can get into a little more, is like you need to put systems and structures in yes. when you communicate and how you communicate, right? Yes. So if yeah. I'm a leader, if I'm a leader or a teacher right now, I'm going to be setting up expectations and strategic structures so that I can plan my day around communication and then working and getting what I need done done. So maybe from eight to nine is my respond to communication time right yeah. and then 9 to 9 30 is um is my um reach out communication mm -hmm. time and then mm -hmm. i have to start my day but like mm -hmm. i'm shutting off my communication then kind of turning it off and on the faucet yes. because mm -hmm. a lot of times like we have these devices right and yeah. like I never go I away. To, like i can work a 20-hour day Yes. Because like people will keep communicating with me and, and that's absolutely important. But like if we're not mindful of that, we will burn out because, mm -hmm. um, you know, this is a marathon. It's not a sprint. We have to start uh -huh. creating um, mm -hmm. sensible, maintainable structures and routines at whatever level we fall. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The, the, the other thing that I want us to be mindful of is we have to grant each other a lot of grace during this time. Because communicating online 
is much different than us communicating face-to-face. At least we now have the technology for Zoom or Facebook that we can actually meet and talk face-to-face. We all strive for that human connection. And I think there's a lot of people now that we're starting to really long for our community and long for our workplace and, and our kids again. And, and, but um, I see uh, there's so, it is so easy to take a message um, and um, maybe turn it or read too much into it. And I think there's a, through this whole time is we got to grant each other a lot of grace and understand and kind of assume the best and uh, assume the best in others. And we're all here for the same purpose. We all love our kids. We all love our teachers. We're all trying to do the best we can. But if we don't, again, what you're saying is we don't have those structures. If Make it clear. I'm going to respond from this time to this time and then shut it off. So then someone doesn't have the assumption that I can exist in society. We live in this, I need this feedback. I want to like, I want, you know, a share. And uh, if it's, if your time is from nine to 10 to respond, and it's 1130 and someone asks a question or someone and they, you don't give them that like or respond or share or, or response right away. That's where, uh, you know, feelings can become, um, you know, we're just, we're just human. And yeah. so making sure that uh, they understand what those clear boundaries are and why those boundaries are in place. And, um, and because again, it is so easy during this time to at 1130, look at your phone and get that information and we our desire to help and support again, we're supporting and helping position or uh, profession. And that's why we go into it because we love people and we love our kids and, and uh, we want to help and support. But if we don't set those clear boundaries, we're just, we're just going to open ourselves up more and more for uh, people to kind of take things a little bit further than what they need to, to make assumptions. I, I love that. That's a great tip. No matter what you do in education, that's a great tip. No matter who you are is kind of setting Absolutely. those expectations and boundaries. And something that you said earlier that I think ties in perfectly with that is mm-hmm. unknown creates assumptions, right? Oh oh, true. The yeah. unknown creates assumptions. So mm-hmm. if you've never told anyone that you're not checking email after 10 AM or mm-hmm. you're not check it till 3 PM at, in, at the evening, they're going to yes. expect or assume that you might respond. And now you're creating tension. Now you're yes. creating stress. And now yes. you're creating undue um, um, tension and, and, and issues that you shouldn't have to deal with. So um, being clear about how you're communicating, what you're communicating, and when you're communicating is absolutely paramount, especially in a situation like this. And if everyone is aware and yes. knows what those things are, mm-hmm that stress level is going to come way down because yes. now a student turning in an assignment and something you do an amazing job of um, that I I'm hoping in the future we can take more advantage of just bringing you into these conversations is mm-hmm. the language difference. And we've actually had this conversation before yes. the language difference of the levels, right? Mm-hmm. So I think the, the problems and solutions are very similar at the levels, but the Absolutely. way we discuss them is what changes. So from a classroom level, that mm-hmm. communication is with the stakeholders, with the in the trenches, the operational level, as you call yes. it, right? It's yes. with the parents, it's with the um, students, like which is great. Your direct line, but if teachers aren't clear about how they're communicating to those mm-hmm. parents, now your parents are stressed. Now they don't know what's going on. So now um, the principal might have to deal with a complaint or an issue or something mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. However, 
at the principal level, now they have to worry about twofold. They still have to communicate with parents and things yeah, like that. And they have to communicate with support staff mm -hmm. and their entire teaching staff at the, yes. at the exact same time. Then if you go up to that next tier, you have yes. the district administrators mm -hmm. who now have to deal with the building level leadership and the entire mm -hmm. coordination of operations yes. in the district, mm -hmm. as well as like these other tiers of individual needs that might pop up here and there. So it's absolutely um, paramount. Like Adam Kados just said that my families know that he has office hours from nine to 11, but he'll respond oh. if he's available after that time. So that's a really great point mm -hmm. by Adam, um, who, who just chimed in. Thank you, Adam. And he's basically said, hey, office hours from 9 to 11. I'm here. I'm actively participating yes. and responding to your needs. I will if I can after that, mm -hmm. but do not expect it. So mm -hmm. that's a really great example of what we were just talking about. Absolutely. Make it known so that no assumptions can get made. That's absolutely, absolutely true. Um, wow, we covered a lot of stuff. I'm just like trying to take it, take it, take it all in. I want to say hi to Ray Hewitt, who who hopped in from the Teach Better team. Morning, Ray. I hope you're doing fantastic, enjoying your coffee this morning. Um, Andrea Lynn is also here, saying hello. Um, all right. So from here, we've talked about communication. We've kind of mm -hmm. talked about uh, the need for that communication. Another huge stressor, and I want to go back to this Maslow's before Bloom's mm -hmm. thing again. Yes. Because I talked to another administrator last night who's literally still making the argument with his staff that, like, they don't need to give grades for every assignment. Like, this whole discussion about grace and I like, I almost want to just like shake the entire educational institution and be like, grades aren't the important thing right now, right? I know. Yeah. Like that one assignment you turned in on Monday, like one thing I want to just make it perfectly clear is like, things aren't normal. No. We are not in a normal situation. We are in a traumatic crisis, mm -hmm. global pandemic, mm -hmm. national mm -hmm. lockdown. And yes. if you think that the primary worry of your students, your teachers, or your staff, or whatever, is doing the worksheet that you assigned yeah. on Google Classroom every single day from Monday through Friday is the most important thing to them, you are wrong in every sense of the word. So like, first and foremost, I think reducing workload from a teacher standpoint is, is a huge thing that we have to do. So like we should not be thinking about planning from an instructional standpoint, mm -hmm. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Mm -hmm. We should be thinking, these are the three things that would be amazing if you can do this week. You know, mm -hmm. this is the, the hour or two hours worth of work for the week that you can be expected yes. to do for, for math. Um, um, so Andrea even said, uh, my students know I have a baby at home, so they are pretty good at being considerate. So Andrea just brought up another great point. Yes. Every teacher and yeah. every student has parents with other kids and, and things yes. at home. Like right now, my entire family is hiding upstairs <laughs> because I'm on a video call. <laughs> exactly. yeah, like, like, like we're and I'm picking up the kitchen too, so I'm not even giving them an opportunity to even come Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. My kids are waiting for breakfast. Like right now, like they're getting, I can hear them. <laughs> like, 
But it's one of those things where like, that's where that grace, I think, comes in. And I think that's where that's really important. Like, I, I think we need to, as a country, as an educational institution, all agree, even from like professional workplaces, like we're all in this situation. Like, I, I want to expect to see a cat come across a video screen. I don't need to like, I shouldn't have to hide the fact that I'm wearing really comfortable pants right now because we all are. Okay. Like that's just the reality of the world we're in. And I think it'll be a lot easier if we all just accept that this is challenging as opposed to trying to hide the fact that it's challenging instead of being embarrassed that there's a kid in the background or that it's really noisy. I think we almost have to embrace it and go, you know what? We're going to make the best of this. But the same thing is true with our students. You know what? the assignment on monday did you did you understand did you at least look at it do you understand it do you need any help with it like mm-hmm. having that conversation could be just as uh, effective so um andrea also said um, um that's why she loves the grid because it yeah. gives them a suggested planning calendar so that's one thing mm-hmm. we haven't really talked about we work with a lot of schools on self-paced mastery yes. and we um and students working and there were a lot of teachers that reached out during the first few days or weeks of this, this, mm-hmm. this crisis. And they were like, every teacher that I work with is freaking out, but I'm not. Exactly. And the reason I'm not is because my students already know how to access their materials. Yes. They can already work at their own pace. I've already planned the next two units and yes. they're aligned and tiered and differentiated. Mm-hmm. And be okay. <laughs> so we're good. They're just going to kind of keep on working as they can. And like, if you think about it, I think the, a silver lining to this is mm-hmm. – this is forcing teachers to be self-paced with their students. Yeah. This is forcing teachers to focus on mastery over did you do the five worksheets I sent yeah. you? Um, because we have to care about mastery over those things because we can't expect to get them all back. So that's absolutely fantastic. So Chris, I don't want to keep you all morning. I know your kids are waiting for breakfast. I know my kids are waiting for breakfast. If there was one piece of advice that you're kind of sharing with your educators that you have in contact. If there was one thing that you could highlight, and you may have already said, you said a lot of mm-hmm. great things, mm-hmm. today, um, but if there's one thing you could highlight, um, what would it be for, for anyone listening right now, either on the podcast later or watching live? You know, I think, um, I think it really just comes down to granting yourself a lot of grace and the other people around you a lot of grace. I, I've, Talked to another school district who reached out and they're they're concerned about um, grading practices during this time. The state has done a really good job of uh, giving guidance of no new learning. And, you know, it really is kind of social promotion because there how can we as a system, you know, um, some systems are better equipped than others. Like you're talking about systems that have good systems and structures in place that are using the grid method that that understand mastery and that is very few of a very large group of, uh, of uh, right. buildings. You'll have some teachers that can do that and some teachers that can't, some teachers that are playing with it. But I think at the end of it really is understanding that we can control what we can control and, and grading and, and uh, giving incompletes is not, not going to be helpful or beneficial. It's only to um, – really make people during this time of trauma feel like, oh, I just, I can't do this and I can't do this. There's got to be a lot of grace throughout all systems. And uh, people have to understand that we're going to do the best we can, that we care, um, that we, that we love one another and that we're, um, that we're helping each other through this because there's going to be a time to, there's going to be a time to return to 
a new normal and mm-hmm. what transition look like. So um, I think school districts are starting to look at what does that transition back to normal look like, looks like. Um, but um, throughout this time, keep it simple, very, very simple. Uh, make sure your message is clear and have realistic expectations of yourself and of the people that you work with. Yeah, that was awesome. Um, so Cheryl Ann just said, we need to find creative ways to get our yeah. students online. So, mm-hmm. so so this also brings up the conversation. I, mean, I don't want to like open up this entire can of worms. But like, <laughs> well, we can do this all day long. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but um, this whole idea of equity, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And and something I, I want to go back to this grace that you keep on talking about, because I think this is a really important thing. The goal in, in the no new learning thing, I think, is a good like sort of like thing to put our stake in right now. Yes. If we can reduce the formation of gaps right now, mm-hmm. we win. Oh, yeah. oh, it's not God. about did we cover chapter six, seven, eight, nine. Mm-hmm. It's about did we stop loss of information? Did we maintain our current growth in our current status mm-hmm. in terms of learning? Because something, and I like like that you talked about thinking about going back. Do you want? Do you want to be the teacher that caused anxiety, yeah. stress, and 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 punitive harm to a student yeah. by by stressing them out about grading assignments, mm-hmm. or do you want to be the one that supported them and gave them a safe place to go every day virtually and and connected with them on in a relationship because they're going to come back. So, mm-hmm. like, which which kind of which person do you want to be in that scenario? And for me, I'd rather be the one that supported them, so I can close those gaps more effectively when they come back. Mm-hmm. I think that goes the same for. I'm sorry, Chad, but I think that goes the same for that building principal. Yes, you want to be that principal that that uh, was able to effectively communicate and have realistic expectations of your teaching staff because you're going to live with these people again very very soon. And yeah. you know, and uh, again principals are in it because they they love their teachers and they love their kids but they want to make sure that uh you know that that grade that idea of grace and high you know the the expectations realistic expectations we always talk about high expectations absolutely but what is realistic and really it's about people versus product right now yeah absolutely absolutely um yeah, it's about people versus product. I love that. I'm stealing that for future for future <laughs> years, just so you're fully aware. That's going to come out of it's my mouth. Yours. It's yours. <laughs> um, so people are also connecting with um, um, Cheryl Ann. Just said she's been connecting with uh, celebrities to for for, for writing prompts and has gotten some of the mm-hmm. highest some of the highest return rate. Um, and, and that's really a good point. I know students um, were having a hard time connecting with students, but like a writing prompt from a celebrity that gets shared via either social media or a LMS, like all of our students, most, I don't want to say all of our students, that's incorrect. Mm-hmm. Most of our students have this device. Yes. Um, so we can also leverage social media to share assignments mm-hmm. as well as our learn L- uh, LMS. Mm-hmm. So maybe um, they're having of trouble connecting to the standard tools that we use on their laptops. But if you're giving open-ended assignments mm-hmm. from a celebrity, like that's a game changer. Or what if you're working on fractions with an elementary student, you said, go bake a recipe and post it and share a video of you eating the result. Oh, absolutely. So, so now 
you're talking about fractions, you're talking about like real life application, you're giving a family an activity to do together, um, potentially. Um, so just thinking about these creative ways to keep the learning happening, keep the, the, the content flowing without it being so stringent, right? Mm -hmm. yes. um, so that's absolutely awesome. So Chris, I, I want to thank you so much for taking the time this morning. I always truly appreciate your expertise and your insight as we have these conversations. Um, we are here every single morning at 8 a.m. for, um, um, sorry, 8 a.m. Eastern, 7 a.m. Yes. You woke up earlier than I did today. I truly appreciate that. 7 a.m. Central. Um, and you can do the math for the other time zones if you're coming in from somewhere else. But um, we do this daily drop-in every morning, and we will be for the foreseeable future because we're all at home, and we want to help you. Um, we really, truly um, want to help as many people as possible. That's why we're doing this. That's why we're here every single morning. Um, so, Chris, I want to thank you, and I want to thank everybody who participated in this chat. Whether you're watching later, um, don't forget to comment here. We'll be monitoring these comments. If you're listening on the podcast, um, feel, feel free to reach out. Um, if you need anything, we are here for you. This is a marathon, not a sprint, and we're going to be here the entire time. Chris, thank you so much. Everybody have an amazing day and have a great morning.